Alright, so uh, welcome to uh, My Watchers Podcast, uh, episode 8. Um, first of all, so sorry. Uh, deeply apologize for the lack of updates. Uh, as you know, just to put it out there as well, this is um, something that we do on the site for fun, uh, for our passion of watches. Um, so don't blame us for that. We will try to upload as much as possible, right? Um, so yeah, and once again, we have Woody, right? The tech at Watch Addict. Addict TW, alright, brilliant photographer, amazing watch shot, so just go there and be amazed, right? So he's, he's, he's teaching us to really update the quality of my watches, podcast shots and stuff, and which just looks mouse behind what Woody does, right? <laughs> right. So Renee here as well, and uh, unfortunately Han and team could not make it for today, um, but it's okay, the show must go on, and first things first, wristwatch chat. Right. Um, so I'll go first. I had the uh, part of my new acquisition since the last uh, we spoke, which is the Tudor Black Base Ceramic. Alright, here we go. Which I'll talk more about this watch later as well. Right. And for Woody? Uh, I have on the Reversal Dual Face, uh, medium size. I don't know why, the question comes out a lot. What size is this? Is it the medium, medium right, size because right. of my small wrist? Um, yeah, so it's got two faces. Classic design. Amazing, amazing. Right, for Renee? Uh, mine I'm wearing a Grand Seiko SBGR253, I think, if I remember the <laughs> correctly. It's a 37mm. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. All right. So, I think uh, we're going to keep it really casual for this week. Um, we do not prepare any, pre-plan any um, topics in advance. So, we're going to talk about some of the new watches that we got here. Um, what has watch happened in the watch industry lately? and some other things that come to our mind as we go, all right? So um, I think I'll go ahead. I have made quite a number of purchases since we last spoke about, right? Um, like, like, a lot, like a lot, like a lot. So I think when we last spoke, I've, I have made an order for the Ming 1709 already. And then uh, after that, I also made an order for the um, Tudor uh, Black Bay Chrono Panda, the white face one. And then post then, at the episode that the episode seven where it was uh, myself, Han, and Woody, um, Tudor had another surprise release of the Black Bay Ceramic. All right, and to be honest, my first impression was like it, it, it's nice, but I was hoping that it's full black. I was hoping it would be the equivalent of the Seamaster black, uh, black. yeah, the black the ceramic yeah. one, which is impossible to read. Yeah, but <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. It looks so cool, cool right? So there, there are a couple of things in my, I think in how, what I decide watches and so on, right? Yeah. Um, if I were to put weightage from top to bottom, I think history, yeah, uh, design, mm. wearability, um, collectability, and price. Mm. I think that's how I would rank it, lah. Mm. Right, mm. collectability in the sense of, um, like collect like for example, I missing a pilot's watch in my piece, okay. right? So that's that's a, a void to fill, right? Yeah. A missing puzzle to, to be in it. So that's the sort of collectability, right? So I think in terms of the design factor of this, it's really cool, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How the light plays with the the ceramic bezel of it, it just looks super super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rareability as well as a uh, a GM back bay GMT owner. The reduce in thickness. I was really impressed in the reduce in thickness from the GMT mm-hmm. and the uh, the Chrono, mm-hmm. and over here it further reduces it, and it comes with a case bag with decorated black rotor and everything tungsten rotor if I'm not mistaken. And it looks super super cool, right? So that's the first thing that. And which is quite surprising having a see through case bag which is thinner. Yeah, the exactly, right. Was there ever a reason that they gave, that they couldn't do it? I, I can't <laughs> yeah, they couldn't do it. <laughs> right. So then, and, it, and nothing was compromised. Like, the, the movement was better. It's a meta-certified movement, right? Yeah. Watch so, out, Omega. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even better movement, no compromise in, in water resistance or anything, and it's thinner, right? So, the, the, what 
I mean, it opens the door to many, many opportunities that's available for Tudor in the coming future, right? What's going to happen next? Is, right? mm. is this going to be a, a, a new standard for all the Black Bay lines? Mm. What are they going to do with it, right? So mm. it's exciting times ahead, especially for someone that supports um, Tudor, right? What are they going to do with it? Are they calling him the Tudor collector. Right? <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many Tudors do you have, by the way? So, I, okay, I bought um, okay, GMT. The ceramic and the chrono, right? But I sold the chrono, okay. right? Uh, so I only have two right now, okay. right? But the Pelagos LHD is in my list, yeah. all right? And I want to get it before it's um, discontinued, right. right? So rumors say it's discontinued, it's potentially a smaller okay. Pelagos. Right. Oh, okay. Right. So that yeah. good news for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, yeah. So there's also I so I previously mentioned the weekend as well the the Tudor sub in blue that is also in my list and the rose uh, ETA but, yeah. So that is a few in my list, but um, not on the very top of the priority, yeah. but something I probably hope to get. Mm. Right. So yeah, Tudor. It's uh, going to be interesting. So yeah. Really, really stay ahead and look out for this brand. Many, many stuff is going to pop up. Yeah, yeah. And then, all right. Before that, I've also placed the order for the uh, Corona, the Toki, right? If I'm mistaken. Yeah, yeah. One of it, so, <laughs> Right. So this is the one with the salmon dal. Beautiful, beautiful pieces, right? I'm gonna put the the stop motion that I did over here. Oh, right. that's really well done. Yeah. So the stop motion. So by mind, like for those who didn't know. The, the unboxing of the watch is the first time that I've seen it as the first time that I did the stop motion as I unbox it. So, as I, I didn't know, naively I thought it would be the, the DHL box and then I get the box and I open it, there will be the watch. Mm. But as you can see, the stop motion, there's various layers to it which added multiple, I don't know, added an hour to my whole stop motion time that okay. I didn't intend to do. There's a DHL box, an outer layer box. Vacuum yeah. seal, right? I remember you yeah. said. Exactly, and then you have the, the, the cloth, yes, then the vacuum seal and disinfectant for your protection, okay. and then a inner watch box in there. And after that, you get the watch wrapped in plastic. That's how many layers in there. Oh, my yeah, <laughs> 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 and, and I'm not saying his is just pleasant, right? The, the amount of details that they got into giving you the notes, giving you all that, the details, giving you the um, the Japanese lucky pouch, the cloth and everything is just amazing. And if I have money, I would have gotten the, 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 the lacquered box as well, right? Right, right. Yeah, right. but that uh, yeah, can't justify it. Right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a thousand ringgit for just a box for just one watch, <laughs> right? Fair. But it looks fantastic nonetheless and definitely a fan of uh, Corona brand, but I've, as I told them before the, the podcast, it's something that um, at the moment I like looking at it more than I like wearing it, right? I, I don't know, something seems missing, potentially uh, because that I'm very used to large watches recently, right? Um, with the GMT and everything, it's all 41 and, and so on. So I'm gonna give it a little bit more time, um, but definitely at least from a look standpoint and a watch standpoint and a brand and the creativeness that gone into this, um, definitely recommend to, to people who are looking for an independent brand to support, right? So look out for their future releases. Um, they may make mistakes sometimes for oh, yeah, the actually, Sagi. They did. They did. Yeah. Um, but one, I think one can actually learn from them is how sincere they are mm, in apologizing yeah. on this, right? So I'm not sure if you guys want to talk a little bit quickly on, on this. What happened with the, the Corona Seiji? I think they intended for it to be a women's only thing. So they actually made a decision that they would prioritize female customers. But the misnomer or misstep that they took was they allowed their original correct collectors to be part of the, the uh, the draw as well mm -hmm. and they put in a full allocation for that and they had no gender bias there so mm. you can't do half and half in, in the social media world right if you want to do it you have to do it all out but so they did that and there was a backlash because the watch meme world just got wind of it <laughs> and started to say that you know all men who have who have the organ <laughs> can get it anyway for other people mm -hmm. and so that mm. really went alright but I think they quickly recognised that and I think they went into a full draw right I think after that yeah. they, mm. they, they segmented it into the first 
uh, the collectors draw, but prioritizing their female collectors mm-hmm. as well. Then it was open draw for mm. female collectors as well. I actually don't know in, in the end how many percentage they were able to get, but it was, I think they, for all intents and purposes, wanted to do it properly. Mm. It's just um, the execution wasn't great mm-hmm. and they were quick to apologize. I think mm. it was within a few days, or was it mm-hmm. one or two days after they had the backlash, yes. they straight away apologized mm-hmm. and they changed the entire order process. Mm-hmm. So I think credit to them. Which with a certain brand could probably learn something from them, right? Um, if you know, you know. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know, put it there. Yeah. Right, so, but I, I mean, I, I do. I do understand where they're coming from and they're, they're looking to tackle so many things at once, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You, don't want, you don't want to tackle um, promoting watches to female, especially yeah. um, in a, I would say, predominantly a man uh, prominent male hobby, dominated yeah, male-dominated hobby, hobby yeah. right? That's something they want to tackle. They also want to tackle um, the resale market, right? They don't like watches mm. going to resale. They don't like seeing you know, watches fetching over two, three times the price of it, right? Mm-hmm. The intended, the, the creator intended this to be a watch for everybody. Yeah, right? a watch to be owned by the owners themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I do see where it's coming from and, and it is a very hard thing to tackle, right? Yeah. I mean, speaking of it, big brands, Rolex and stuff, either they don't care or they couldn't solve the problem and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not something, it's, I, could ima- I could imagine it being even harder for an independent brand to solve. So I right. do give them credits for mm. that, for trying something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to see what's coming into play for them. If I'm not mistaken, they even later announced how they're going to honour the warranty as well. I think they came up with a st- Instagram story saying that within the first six months, mm-hmm. only, the original, only the original owner can okay. claim mm-hmm. the warranty. Or if okay. they find it online, they will try and figure out which one it is yeah. and they won't honour it. Yeah. And someone actually asked me, does that mean that I can still buy it and flip it after six months? I said, technically you can, mm. but that's the whole reason why they are trying to walk that middle ground mm. because you could be a genuine owner. Mm. After six months, don't fall, fall out of love in it yep. and you can still let it go. Mm. But it's just that the heat and the hype happens in the first six mm. months because yep. people, everybody wants it at mm. that point in time. So I think credit to them for yeah. putting that off. And, and on that point, right, I think people need to really distinguish um, quote-unquote great dealers of flippers versus mm. people who sell that watch, right? Yeah, because correct, things correct. change, things evolve, right? Yeah. Um, even myself, I used to not like big watches and I end up liking big watches, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, things changes, right? So, I mean, at least this allows them to, um, in a way, tackle the immediate buy and sell, right? It's, because yeah. those people that... Um, unless you really have the capital to, to store the watches for six months and sell mm-hmm. it, then yeah. nothing can be done. But at yeah. end of the day, it's their product to own and it's their rights to do yeah. what they want. Right? So mm-hmm. you, you can't do right, too much right. anyways. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Alright, so moving on from that, I think the, the last watch that I've got is the Seiko Snowflake, the SBGA011, which is the first iteration of the Snowflake, as you can see. The with OG. The, yeah, the Seiko logo at the top and the Grand Seiko at the bottom, right? So obviously I got this piece used from a friend of mine who previously wanted to sell it and I didn't jump on the opportunity. Mm. Um, and I've like, it's been on my mind since, right? Um, especially, I don't know, uh, the, 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 the Seiko logo at the top yeah. makes it very, a sl- make it a sleeper watch, mm. right? Yeah. If you know, you know that kind of thing, right? And somehow, I think la- uh, August, the, my friend decided to um, part ways with the watch, mm. right? And I got an opportunity to buy again, and I was like, I'm not going to let the yeah. opportunity miss again, right? So I jump on the opportunity, impulsively, uh, and I got another watch. <laughs> yeah, not good for my wallet. I think this is probably the year that I've spent the most. And actually, <laughs> in fact, without traveling. Oh yeah, without traveling. Yeah, so you channeled your, your <laughs> expenses somewhere else. <laughs> and I've, I've noticed a trend that um, my watches purchase have been increasing year on year. Hmm which I'm trying very hard to control. But when things come out like this, if I pass on on this, when will I get it again, right? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, is this, this is the danger of this hobby. You know, like it, it's uh, at the same time very rewarding, at the same time very concerning um, <sighs> to my wallet and to my finance, love for sure. Yeah. But end of the day, so far, really been liking this watch. Um, 
credits to where Grand Seiko, what Grand Seiko did to this. Um, not sure if you see, if we'll ever see this kind of uh, value for money watch in the future with the directions they're heading to. Mm. Um, like the new watches, um, the I can't remember the, the new Spring Drive Limited Edition, the Blue Face one. It was like forty thousand. Yeah, they're right? all averaging about the eight to nine thousand US dollars yeah. for all new watches. Woody, how come you didn't get this when you when you were shopping for your Grand Seiko? I actually like the Grand Seiko version oh, okay. over this. You want a cleaner look? Yeah, I generally okay. prefer the cleaner balance. Although I have to admit that the original one mm. is nice to have two applied logos on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the Seiko's an applied logo as well. Mm-hmm. So, But I prefer the cleaner look of it. Uh, but I've never had a problem with power reserve. Some people do. You know, so they, mm-hmm. they, they don't like the idea of the power reserve on the down. But I actually have no issue with that. Okay. But, but I have to say, I mean, like, the, the, the SBGA 211, it's mm. a lot cleaner, mm. right? Um, so this is either you like it or you don't. It's kind of thing, right? But to me, it's I just, I just want the Seiko. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if you don't know, yeah, people will probably think this is like oh the the like a white dial Seiko from afar, right? The, like yeah, the, white the the baby snowflake, the yeah, yeah. Versace one. Versace, yeah. Versace, yeah. yeah, I can't remember yeah. the reference for the SBY something like that. Baby snowflake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. baby snowflake. So yeah. it could look at like that. So I I like it because of mm. that, right? Yeah. I typically like things that. Um, it's uh, how to say it's it's known yeah. only for the collectors yeah that's how i typically like mm. to have it like for example the uh the tudor rose the eta movement yeah. people are like mm-hmm. ah it's just a tudor the eta movement and stuff like that but you mm. if you know you know yeah. right i really like the watches like that's, that's why i got this lah. so i i have to stop for now i should stop for now. Yeah. <laughs> Until the next big announcement. <laughs> yeah, so let's see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, uh, at, at least at this moment, I don't plan to get anything for now. Um, and yeah, and hopefully no surprises from Tudor that announces anymore. <laughs> right. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Right, and I think Woody has one here as well, yeah, which is uh, his purchase for the year so far. Yeah. This is the yeah. This is the purchase first purchase of the year, if I remember correctly. So this is the uh, GBD two hundred. So this is the where G Shock has gone into the thinnest uh, smartwatch that they can have. And I've always never really liked the idea of a smartwatch because of you always have to charge it. Like every mm-hmm. two three days, you have to charge it, right? I've liked the idea of a fitness watch. I think all of us have dabbled in like a Fitbit or something mm-hmm. in our past as well, right? So that one is great. And I like the idea of where it was just a bracelet where you didn't fight for wrist time mm. with the watch. But the problem with a smartwatch is you always have to wear it. You know, it makes you want to wear it every mm. single day. And that just contravenes the whole idea of me loving watch mechanical and mm-hmm. quartz watches, whatever they, uh, they may be. So when this came about, it's like battery life of two years, higher rest, it's the square, the real original type of G-Shock design and it was just loud because I usually have more reserve stuff right? and I was like you know maybe I should just try something loud for a change and so this came about pre-ordered it came in actually very pleased with it it's um, sharp display you know compared to your normal G-Shocks the display is uh, a low power but high resolution mm. display and high battery saving that's why they can run for two years without a charge it's got Bluetooth and all of that so you can actually sync it to the phone but I choose to switch it off because otherwise I would get proper smartwatch anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is what I got. I do have watches on order. Um, mm-hmm. I have a Serica 5303 left-hand drive. Um, supposed to be shipping in a few days' time, I think. It should be here either early November or end of this month. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that one. I'll probably share it with the guys when it comes here. Uh, and strangely, like what um, James mentioned, right? You should never say never because I remember after getting get, I said... Okay, I'm done. Well, that's no more from me, right? <laughs> and the very <laughs> next day, <laughs> after I declared that, Seiko announces that they are making a limited edition Ginza um, Alpinist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the dial and I'm like, oh crap. Because I'm a dial guy, so it's like, yeah. it's like unique designs. Like, and the price is also not expensive compared to what they've been doing all this while, mm-hmm. right? I think it's mm-hmm. like less than a thousand US dollars for a six hour movement. In, in it and I was like unique dial doomed so went to AD and told them that if it comes in it comes in let me know I, <laughs> but I didn't commit a deposit on mm. a day of the sort mm. so I'm allowing fate to decide whether I own that watch yeah. or not so yeah that's me um, so technically two um, 
trying to avoid the third before the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Alright, so um, Renee, I, I don't, don't think have anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's in fact thinking of selling. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? He considered yeah. it for a bit. Like. I consider it. I consider it. Which offer. one? <laughs> Which one? My Explorer. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Yeah. Very right. enticing with the prices that it's going at. at the yeah, like <laughs> nothing to lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think for, for those who are, I mean, like not keeping up in the market, um, I think what we're talking about is the um, Explorer. Yeah. Mm. Two, one, four, one, two, one four. Two one four two seven zero. Yeah. Oh two yeah two one four yeah then it was two two yeah yeah. Mm. Um, Explorer thirty nine millimeter and Renee got it at a discount at the AD right. Eight percent. Yeah, <laughs> insane. <laughs> like that, right? Insane piece, in, right? In today's day and age, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Sports right. watch, right. you get this for that, and um, the price has more than doubled since what you've paid. Um, right, it's re- right. it's reached as high as fifty one thousand ringgit um, in in Malaysia, mm. um, and yeah. So Renee's probably thinking of selling it. Um, still undecided at this point. Um, and maybe swap it out for a mm, quote unquote more wearable um, Explorer 36mm. 36 more wearable for me, being yeah. enough for you. <laughs> yeah, but the only problem enough. for me is because I'm having this 37mm Grand Seiko. Mm. It kind of cannibalizes it. It will compete for wrist time. Yeah. And it looks similar. It does. So yeah. It does. I yeah, know. But, but I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but Rolex versus Grand Seiko. Rolex version, it's different. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Let, let's, let's tweak it the other way around, right? Uh, say, if you get, say, 50 grand, right? 50 grand ringgit for your Explorer, uh-huh. what would you channel that money into? I don't know. Maybe I'll get the Zenith. The new one, right? The 38. The new 38 Zenith. You can. A right. yeah. You can. Right. And invest the remaining right. 20,000 and move up and then eventually you're able to afford that AP, right? Just buy a Bitcoin at the right price. <laughs> <laughs> there is an option that you can Maybe. Yeah, yeah, right? Maybe. I don't know, but it depends. Yeah. Um, I think for context as well, um, Renee is probably not as sentimental as Woody yeah. and I, right? right. Except for um, my... Speedmaster, I yeah, think that's the most yeah. sentimental. Because of watch. your daughter yeah. and everything, your, yeah. your first watch. But right? the rest, it's, yeah. you can let go of them easily. Yeah, so we'll stay tuned and see what, uh, what Renee does. <laughs> but who knows, right? I mean, the price could even go higher for that. Right. So I don't see. It's officially discontinued. Yeah. I don't see them bringing yeah. it back. Yeah. So yeah. 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 we'll see. And I've talked about it three or four episodes back again on how much I want the 39 millimeter explorer just because of the wearability of it mm-hmm. i think 39 is a sweet spot for me at least 39 mm. explorer 39 op mm. they're all gone so oh well let's see how it goes all right um so i, I think one thing i want to talk about as well i think there's something i shared with you guys um mm-hmm. last month where i saw a a link in um the a, a grey market shop yeah. that retail uh, sells for 120 is annual calendar gold right. Elang. Mm. Um as you call what do you call what do you pronounce it? A Lange or Alago Zona. Yeah, Alago Zona. ALS, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Like, right? Yeah, that sounds sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, like JLC as well, like Jijiluku. So, yeah, that sounds like a medical condition. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is a medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, okay, that, that piece, an annual calendar that re- probably retails for 200 plus thousand ringgit and mm-hmm. it sells for 120,000 ringgit. Yeah. Right. It's a beautiful piece. Right. Beautiful craftsman, beautiful material, workmanship, and everything. And and to me, I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. But but when I look at it, it, it I, I had like um, a reflection that it tells me that watches these days are um, horology at least yeah. right is being mm. underappreciated oh, or being yeah, neglected sure. right. Oh, for sure. mm. um, it's all about the hype right now, and yeah. it's very sad to see things like this like. Uh, Brigade, mm. um, like few other pieces as well, which is predominantly dress watch, right? Mm. Anything that is dress watch, I, at least I, I don't think there's any that performs well in the um, secondary market, yeah, right? Agree. 
mm. right. which is it can be a good or bad thing. Yeah. Good thing is like people are able to take advantage of this for the ones that likes it, yeah. mm-hmm. the ones that appreciate it. Um, but uh, I'm not sure how does it impact like the mm. brand and the future of watches like this, lah. Right? I'm not sure what you guys thought about this. Oh, you go ahead first. <laughs> no views. You're talking about like. High end dress watches in general. Yeah, like how are how they are being okay. underappreciated? How like yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. I think everyone right now is so concerned about the mar- market price. Maybe more than fifty percent of watch mm. collectors are really considering the market price mm. of the watches. Like if they sell it, can I exchange it for? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same price as how I mm. how much I bought it or mm. more than that, right? But those who really appreciate watches, I think it can. It's there's not that much people. Yeah, left less, already right less and less people less and less people yeah. like when I had my experience with JLC last time I really like I really love JLC yeah. but I got a 39mm uh, reserved in March mm. but though it's 39mm it just I just don't feel like it's fitting my wrist mm-hmm. properly Be- maybe because of my wrist shape it's yeah. quite rectangular yeah. and I I think it's the same <laughs> it's, it's the same <laughs> feeling you have for your Corona right, James. Right. I like looking at it but I don't feel like wearing it mm-hmm, right, most right. of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I mean I I tried selling it yeah. and people just offered me crazily more like low ball prices. Low ball prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like oh they just offered me like thirty percent of how much I uh, bought it as low as that. Yeah. So they then I asked why is it so low? They said it's very difficult to sell it, mm-hmm. you know, because not a lot of people knows about the brand. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not sure what will be the future yeah. for watches like this. I think all those like Lange, uh, Brigade, um, um many more. Yeah. yeah. There, there's so much in there, but which only a few people know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly watch collectors. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think it's a very niche space to me. I completely agree with you on Shijie uh, Lukul because, I mean, I've got a very good relationship with a friend in Malaysia. Mm. And it's truly watchmaking at mm. its best, if you really get to see it. I mean, just earlier today, I got a chance to look at the Gyro Turbion, which is a watch that's more than a million ringgit, mm. right? And there is no rationale for anyone to make a watch like that. Mm. It doesn't make any sense because you could give there's an app for that, mm. right? You know, it's an app for everything. But it's just mechanical artistry. And mm. that interest and passion is so rare already because it's only the artisans, the really ultra rich, that will probably be looking right. at pieces mm. like this. But to the mass luxury consumer, mm. they are more concerned, like Renee mentioned, this, the mm. transaction, right? Do mm. I retain the value of it? Mm. Can I then trade mm. up for something else? Mm. But a lot of this watchmaking ability doesn't get appreciated enough anymore. Mm. Um, I mean, if you really think about it, it's only people who are into watches that care about an open case bag. Mm. Mm. Most people don't even care how much I make for the next piece and all of that. So I think it's a, unfortunately, becoming more and more niche, Mm. um, the interest it would rely on enthusiasts breaking the trend a little bit because I think what's happened right now is a lot more people are getting into watches actually than mm. they were before mm. but they're all getting into the ones that trade well mm. um, the people that have always been interested in watches are still there but the transactions aren't as great anymore already so I think that's what's causing a little bit of it I think as long as the people like you and I who are more interested in the mm. hobby right mm share it a little bit more with people I think there's still hope in it it's not going to fade out completely mm. right yeah um, I mean we wear watches that tell times less accuracy than what we have in our pockets right. anyway yeah. so yeah. <laughs> right. so it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's I mean to each their own there are people that that likes it for be it the status be it yeah. the brand be it the look and everything um, I think what we're trying to in a way um express mm. is that there can be more to it la, yeah. right? at least give it a chance to explore it yeah. and so on and they are the, they, I mean like without them without these people creating the movements at the very start for these kind of dress watches and so on right you're talking about like Vacheron and everything the mm. ones that have been here very long ago right 
they are underappreciated. I mean, they deserve more credit than that. Yeah. Especially without them, they will not be watches today, right? Yeah. So that's um, that's how I see it. And I think yeah. dress watches aren't really that popular, especially in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. because we don't really, and probably because of Events the weather, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which is something that uh, I think is something to, to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if we look at AP, right, they had some like dress watches stuff oh, like yeah, the yeah. early days and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then right now, anything about AP is just the Royal, right? Mm-hmm. The Royal brand. Yeah, the Royal <laughs> brand. And they, Everything really they don't do much with it. I mean, they had the Revival and so on. They, had they tried the 59 that they didn't yeah. work out too well initially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's all back to, to Royal Oak for them, right? Um, but that mean like there's more to that lot so it, it's really um, at least for, for me this experience made me look like if I cannot get like all these spot watches and so on yeah. I'm going to go full blown dress watches I'm going to go for all the the, the use <laughs> A-Lang and uh, the use um, JLCs and stuff I'm yeah. going to divert all my attention to like the spot watches I'll just get the Tudor and everything for mm. more like regular usage right. and then anything else I'm just going to dress watches mm. and I'm going to wear it in any occasion mm. right that's, that's how I'm going to see because I, it's for money for value wise I think that's something that is so good to be passed on right yeah especially in the East market I think you can yeah. get very good deals yeah, super super good right. yeah so yeah that's true We'll see how things goes, especially the market right now has um, mm. evolved yeah. massively in the past uh, I saw two years. A blank yeah. band, like a very old blank band, yeah. being sold around eleven k, like three, oh. four years ago. Wow! I mean, I thought of it, but I'm not sure because he opened uh, during the pic- when he took the pictures. He opened the case back. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how what happened. Mm. I'm not sure on the history of yeah. it. So yeah. it looks good, but. I'm quite scared to, to get it. You know. hey. Yeah, you want to bring it back to the brand and see oh, what yeah, they say. Yeah. <laughs> and it's especially, um, I think the ones that struggle a lot with it is uh, Patek, right? Mm. So Patek, predominantly, they the ones that they want to produce and the one that produce more are the dress watches, right? Mm. Like the perpetual calendar and everything, right? All the complicated movements and so yeah. on, but. The ones, the, at least, at least the the new collectors, what they know for is uh, the fifty seven eleven, the Aquanauts uh, and everything. That's all they know for. Yeah, Aquanauts, which yeah. is the watches that they least produce the most, right? Mm. Aquanaut is an entry level brand that has, mm. I mean, entry level model that has mm. went up the prices like, massively. Mm-hmm. Fifty seven eleven is, I mean, I don't need to say anything about it already, right? Yeah. That's that's, and, and there's a reason why they try to discontinue it and try to reduce production of it because that's not their focus and they didn't and want to be known like the royal oak brand yeah to, <laughs> right, right. to make different watches and all of that mm. so they're trying to cool that market a little bit mm. uh, but i think it's actually achieving the opposite effect because yes. people are trading that now at even more ridiculous prices exactly so, so yeah it's tough really tough no idea how they're going to control it and stuff, but yeah, I I would give them credit for trying something, yeah. mm-hmm. unlike say our brand. <laughs> well, they they did come out to the press though to say that it's not our fault. We are yeah. just focusing on the quality of our timepieces. Mm-hmm. We've got an AD network that handles mm-hmm. all of this for us, mm-hmm. uh, and we don't need to instruct them not to sell. So, very good PR statement to mm-hmm. release to almost say. I'm sorry the way things are, mm. but mm. I'm not changing anything, and I'm not doing this by design. That's mm. all on you. <laughs> do you think? Do you how? I mean, like, do you think that's true though? Like, I, I, at least, okay. I, I'm not a expert in like watch manufacturing or anything, but from a, um, how to say, a, a inexperienced perspective, just looking at it on a high level. I would feel that it's like I'm sure there's something you can do. Of course, yeah. and I, I think in the previous episode I mm. did say as well. I think the whole idea is, it's very similar to what we spoke of just now. What Corona tried to do, mm. right? You just need to do something like that to cool mm. the flipping aspect. It's not to say stop the whole grey market because mm. a few months down the road you may lose fall out of love with the watch. You want to move it on, happen to move it on at a profit. That's good on you. Mm. But if you do absolutely nothing mm. and you allow your ADs to do that, then naturally what's going to happen is this is going to perpetuate although having said that i watched a video on youtube recently and they talked about the fact that a brand like this one 
why they don't have to do anything, even though they're a foundation, right? They're not even mm. a public listed company. Is because what this means is this price their sports watches perfectly, mm. simply because you now have to buy everything else from them mm. to get that watch. That's mm. the price that you're oh, actually paying. Okay. It means to say, although let's say for example, a GMT may cost let's say thirty thousand ringgit at retail, right? It's not. It is about sixty thousand. Why? Mm. Because otherwise you would have had to buy a few watches from them anyway mm. at those prices. And whatever you would have lost in the trade, mm. that's what you would add on and then pay that. So it's almost a value now to buy from the grey market because you don't have to incur the losses and buying oh. stuff you don't want. Mm. So the argument that this guy was making is the watches are priced so perfectly that mm. they don't have to do anything. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a different point of view, but I think what they just should do is reduce. I think you even would, you, James, you were the one that said, even in this region, you feel that. What's happening is the mm. 80s are probably just mm. letting it go straight to the grey market mm. Mm. almost instantly. Yeah. I think the whole idea is to stop that first initial mm. immediate transaction that marks the price up. Yeah. I think everything else that happens after that due to market forces, let mm. it be. Mm. You know, um, if you can find a way to cool the market for mm. the first six months of ownership, three months of mm. ownership, I think that would do wonders for the market. Mm. Uh, but they're not. I don't think they're, they're bothered. So I like, like uh, uh, most people say that um, yeah, the grey market price and so on is is, is boring. But to me, I honestly don't have a problem with that because that is natural economics, right? The, yeah. the popular it is, the the price it is. Yeah. But w- my issue with it is whether someone like me stand a chance mm, that's true. to get it. So to me, I personally don't mind playing the game because I know that if this is what it is, you only have this much, is you got to do something to differentiate yourself from buyers to buyers, right? Mm. Otherwise, I mean... It is what it is, right? Because due to limited of supply, right? I mean, that is if they cannot change the supply, right? So I need to, I need ask for a fair chance for everybody to go to it rather than a um, someone that has connection that's able to make deals happen before the watch even arrives to the store. Yeah. So that is my issue with what's happening at least in the Asia market. Right, and you're not even sure like how. How much percentage of their stock are being shown in the display <laughs> yeah. compared yeah. to the one they keep keeping at the back, mm. back of the doors? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the sad part is you don't even know whether, I mean, the rumors of, or the word on the street is the prioritized people that have got a very mm. good stature or what, mm. long track record with them, they will sell any watch to them. Mm. Right? But these guys are the same ones that are profiteering off it. You know, it's like they are right. acquiring it mm. and moving it on straight away because they probably don't need it. Mm. Um, and they've got whatever they want yeah. already, right? Mm-hmm. So you are almost in a situation where it's pure profiteering by the preferred customers, mm. whereas people that genuinely want to get into the brand are denied mm. that opportunity now because mm. such a system exists, which is unfortunately quite sad. Mm. You know? um, it's not that we're asking for a discount anymore either. You're mm. just asking for a fair chance yeah, 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 to right. procure the watch now, right? Or just be considered under a list that genuinely exists. Right now, it feels like that list is just to make you feel better and mm. then leave thinking you have a chance when you actually don't. Right. I think that's the sad part about what most people are feeling in this region. Which you're going to try tomorrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious as a social experiment. Right. I've, ri- I've written off the, the fact that it can even be achieved. Mm. I just want to see how bad it can get. Because okay. I think like the complete opposite of that is the experience I get with Shoshé Lakot because mm. they treat every customer as they can and mm. everybody I brought them in they just treat them fairly you know it's like you, they get you into the brand appreciate the, the watchmaking that they do and all of that you walk into any almost anyone in Malaysia uh, Rolex AD right mm. I guarantee you the first thing you will feel mm. is they're eyeing you from top to bottom mm. <laughs> to see whether you're worth, they're, you're worth their time or not mm. and secondly whether you can even pay in cash probably to just right. transact on right. the spot mm. right and they'll give you any excuse to make you leave the store, the store mm. because they want to tell you you're not worth the time but mm. that shouldn't be how it feels like for something that's a good uh, a product that's mm. industrially produced to a high level of quality mm. I stress industrially produced mm. And it's not even a necessity, it's a luxury mm. product, mm. right? So, and you've got a brand that's been really well built, mm. and people just want to be part of it. But to feel that experience, it just doesn't feel right. And I don't think I can blame it on the brand, even on this. It's mm. just what I don't like is the brand's allowing the 80s to behave like mm. that because that's your, your extension of your brand. You spend millions and millions. A watch for every achievement, you know, mm-hmm. and all the advertisements, sponsoring Wimbledon and all of that. Yeah. 
and yet when you get to the service level people that you meet to buy your watch you get this experience that sours the whole thing and mm. is that the right balance to play I'm not sure you know it just doesn't seem quite right seems like you're wasting money building that brand and someone's just doing that to you mm. which is not what you want your customer to feel anyway. mm-hmm. yeah. right. so uh, in relation to that right um, I've been to the AB, AP boutique yeah. two weeks ago I yeah. sent you guys some photos and stuff yeah. it's a pretty pleasant experience yeah. right at least I was treated like a human being <laughs> going into there yeah. I get to try it out Almost every piece is right. The Royal Oak, Royal Oak Chronograph, Royal Oak Offshore, Code 11, everything. Without purchase history. Without purchase history, nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something very interesting that I share with you guys as well. They asked for a very, very deep profile mm-hmm. along with my business card. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, there, there are two possibilities that come up with one, they either want to judge if I can afford it. Mm-hmm. Right. Second, they want to judge if I'm going to flip it, mm. right? So I think these two are likely possible. Uh, if it's the second that they are actually judging and pro- profiling to their best possible knowledge, whether I would flip it or not, that might be an approach. Lah. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, there's only so much you can do, but at least they're trying something, mm. right? Um, yeah, so I'll see how it goes. Um, I put my name down for a couple of watches. I'm not sure if I'll get it. watches and AP. Yeah, I put two. Okay. I put for the uh, Royal Oak 38 um, chronograph because mm-hmm. realistically, she told me um, the okay. blue ones, you can put your name down, um, but I don't know how long you're going to wait. <laughs> so, right. So, she's, well, she's, she's being honest. Yeah, she's being yeah, honest. Right. right. At least. Yeah. Right? She's saying that, yeah. uh, that the lease is very long. Right, and mm. then they, um, they, they she said some other stuff as well. Uh, and she said that among all the ones, uh, there, there's the 37 millimeter as well, which I didn't really like too much. It's kind of mm. small. Mm. Um, so she they landed in between the 38 one because the 39 jumbo is discontinued. Mm. Um, so the 38 millimeter chronograph um, in the gray color. She mm. said the blue one um, is going to be hard as well. So it's like, or I, I took the one that has the most chances. Mm. But she told me it's like either this or you go the offshore. The offshore, she says you can get it from me. Offshore? Yeah. Mm. Royal it's offshore. Massive. Yeah. That's the 42. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have the 44 and the 42, but they only had the 44 for me to try. Uh, it's okay. massive. Right. Right. And I also um, asked for the 34 million for the Royal Oak oh, okay. for my girlfriend. 34. Uh, yeah. 34. Yeah. That's quite nice. Hey, do you know the 38mm? Chrono or the Chrono AP Chrono is not a true in-house movement from AP. Oh really? Right. I it's didn't a, know. It's a FPGA oh. movement. Oh really? Which they didn't change the design. But it was originally built like that, which yeah. they just kept consistently. Like oh that. shit! Right, right. Okay, but yeah. Interesting. So I don't know. That that I tell you that that um, what at least my experience boutique, JLC AP, uh, direct boutique best experience ever yeah. right versus right. AD yeah. right so yeah that's very interesting to see um, see what's going to happen as well uh, and like Cartier I know they're moving to um, boutique only they're slowly phasing out AD really? that's what I heard right. what um, would happen hmm? what would happen and need more control from themselves okay. and stuff um, we'll see what happened to the rest of the brands as well going forward and I think one more thing to talk about, I think that happens um, recently as well on two brands, right? Mm. Omega and Grand Seiko that are slowly phasing out discounts from what we heard. Mm. What do you guys thought about that? I think it's a natural organic progression mm-hmm. because Omega sees itself as the immediate rival to Rolex. And if Rolex can demand that sort of prices, the only way they can protect their pricing is by not allowing ADs to throw the prices down mm. so they, they protect some of it I think many years ago there was an overabundance that's why the whole Swiss industry went into cleaning up everything mm. as well so I think it's just them reacting to the market of today so mm. Grand Seiko has gone around the block being underappreciated mm. you know, high craftsmanship for the price and all of that I think all they are doing right now is not that I like it but the fact is they are playing to what they sh- feel they should meaning mm. When people say it's worth more than what they're charging for, they're just going to charge more now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's 
the level that they're supposed they feel they're supposed to be playing at. Mm. It's to the detriment of all of us who knew about it before that happened, mm. right? But it's just market forces that are at play. So I feel that until that big sun in the sky called R, right? <laughs> something gets resolved there, it's uh, gonna have a domino effect on every other big brand. Everyone's trying to catch up. Yeah, everyone's trying to catch part of the sunlight yeah. as well, right? You can't if you don't if you can't beat them, join them. You know? right. But do you guys think this would have a negative effect towards them? Like the sales in GS will go down, the sales in Omega will go mm. down because uh, maybe people will only buy it because they can get discount. I think there will be an adjustment period. Mm. Um, I actually think Omega will succeed more than Grand Seiko. Now explain why. I think Grand Seiko and Seiko have this propensity to release something that's limited edition for one or two years and then gener- make it generic as a standard model after that. I think to even the collectors out there, it annoys the crap of people because mm. you pay a premium for the right, limited right. edition thinking it won't come out again, right? Mm. And then they make a switch. Mm. And so you're paying to be one of the first, mm. but you are not going to be the last. Mm. You're going to be a group of others. I think that strategy is really poor. Mm. Omega, on the other hand, I think as they move up, they don't come back. As mm. in, you know, mm. if you continuously move up the ladder, you don't come back down, right? It's actually the natural progression of luxury goods anyway. Mm. Um, that tends to work. So I think Omega will succeed more um, because they're also not really charging a... They're not even charging a premium. They're just saying that they don't give a discount, right? Mm. So as long as you wait, you're willing to put in money for it. I think they'll honour it. I, there's right, no... Right, right. At no point do they tell you, I think, even when you put in for the speedy, right? Yeah. They just accepted it and just yes. said, you just have to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think that's going to be a problem for them, I think. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm glad that they've kind of stopped the limited edition craze for a bit. I think it seems I've cooled down a little bit. I haven't yeah. seen many limited editions by Omega already. There's quite a, one, a period of time where it's, it became quite annoying, right? Yeah. It's like... Two years ago, yeah. with the um, 50th anniversary, <laughs> the Black and Gold one, Speedmaster, yeah. and a few others. Um, and then that's where the time they, they uh, if not mistaken, they launched the, they prepared to launch the... Uh, no time to die, Speedmaster as well. Yeah. Just been going on for two years already because the movie was delayed. Speaking of that, that's a watch I really like. Actually, I think it looks better in person. Yeah. Uh, the more you look at it, it mm. does have that vibe. I'm hoping the Sirica has that vibe. So okay. just <laughs> the thing is, to me, that if I that's the number one uh, Seamaster I would get because they didn't have the wavy down. Mm. Oh, you don't like that one? No, I don't oh, like the way okay. we down. I always felt that part of, part of the character. I, that it one. is lah. I mean, if I were to get it, I'll get the 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 white down one because the wavy is very subtle. Uh, right, to okay. me, that the white and a black one, I really to accept. Mm. But my issue with the no time to die one, it's bloody expensive. Oh yeah, they put a huge premium on that. It's thirty eight thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Is it a limited or is this? It's a limited production. Limited production. Yeah. So they are only going to produce it up upon until the next release of the next Bond movie. That'll be some time though. So we're probably <laughs> looking at probably at two, three more years. Three three more years yeah. Which is um I mean same goes to the Snoopy as well, which is a limited production. But yeah. that is even less mm. because it's hard to produce that watch and so on. True. Yeah. True. But I don't know, beautiful watch nonetheless. Yeah. Um the medalist bracelet with it. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Yep. How about one of those trilogy watches? Oh, the real really? masters and so on. Yeah, I saw someone selling. There's a whole set of the three. Or whole set, hundred k. Really nice. Yeah, I I like the the whole set except for the fact that there's a number on the dial. Uh, I think that there's the set of three. They actually put the number of the the as in because it's a limited edition, right? It's yeah. a number. They put it on the dial instead oh. of the case. Right? I find that a little bit. Off. I could remember okay. incorrectly, but I do remember that for the limited trio, <laughs> the number serial numbers on the dot. I see. Yeah. I like the real master and the C master three hundred. Right, it's really nice. So you can get three watches with the price of a Daytona. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would take that honestly. Yeah. And yeah. this one will hold value too, you know. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I actually generally. It's brand new. It's brand new. Oh. Yeah, when you get a Snoopy, just get us James and sell it separately. Really, really. Oh man. Yeah, you, you've, there's still two and a half months left. <laughs> you could just double down. This is literally three doubling down. Three more. Oh, <laughs> not one more. Three more. <laughs> one thing I'm not sure if you guys noticed is about the um, C Master. I mean the the No Time to Die C Master yeah. because mm. it's not an open case bag. 
But one thing very interesting with the, the closed case back is the if you notice the, the case back they has the wording it's not the 007 and everything right yeah. the, the British military codes and everything mm. and they develop a they trademark a technology uh, with that case back and it all when you open and close it it always lines up and the oh. wording will always be straight okay that oh, is that, cool that's a peeve you have with that watch yes well, right? <laughs> exactly right. so if you know that's the first thing I saw the, the coronal word behind the case back wasn't straight yeah. that's like then it only like when you told me about it. Was, oh, actually, the seam, the speed master so is the same. Yeah. All right, uh, my SKX is the same as well. But because it wasn't a word, I didn't yeah. notice it too much. Yeah. But this was a straight up word. Yeah. I really noticed it. But that's where the 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 no time to die mm. seam master really impressed me. Like small things like this. Yeah, it's the small details that really yeah. impress after a while. So, wow. They, they even they had a fancy name for it something lock or something that they trademarked yeah. which is mm. so cool that they even bothered to, to, to trademark such a yeah. I don't know method or technology to develop that closed case back mm. so cool Travis is your AP fan right does the Royal Oak because it's purposely lined up that way the screws are lined yeah, up yeah, that way right? Right, right if they ever dismantle it will, will it come back to the same point yeah I think so because someone can I, I saw people like, complaining about Hublot yeah. because it's not lined not, up. Not aligned. Not lined up compared to AP. Uh, okay. The Cartier Santos is not aligned. Also not aligned. It's not aligned. But I don't know, I like it. In, the, in, that, in that sense, I don't know, I'm a bit weird. When the Santos, I like, uh, I like it not aligned. You like it not aligned? Yeah. When it thinks okay. like this, I don't know, it's, it's, there's no right. explanation to it. For an AP or so, I okay. would prefer that it's not aligned. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like AP needs to be aligned. It feels like a part yeah, of the yeah, image yeah. already. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's right. for weird things like this. Um, I, I feel that it's very thick when it's aligned. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird. There's no explanation for it. Right? Yeah. No, so, I think yeah. uh, th- this is just the perfect uh, evidence to tell all the brands <laughs> out there, right? If you're going to do a case back, even if it's a close one, don't use text that's not round. Mm-hmm. A lot of the micro brands are very clever about this. They mm-hmm. use a case back that's a design that works well any in direction. any direction. Yeah. So you will never think about it. Mm-hmm. Open case backs are also great because open case backs distract you with the movement mm-hmm. and you will never think about what the case right, number looks right. like. Yeah. But when you put text like this one, that's probably the... Right, so this, this is the next question, right? What is worse, a text case back that is not aligned, aligned uh-huh. or the Grand Seiko with the huge circular Grand Seiko um, emblem that is distracting the movement? Oh. Which is worse? Oh, the worst one ever, the Godzilla Grand Seiko. <laughs> of course, I've never seen that. Search that up. Let's put Grand Seiko. I'll, I'll put it. I'll edit it in yeah. the video. I'll why, put it there. Why would you put a see-through case back with a exactly? <laughs> like, big to me, it's like right? why? It's like you might as well not put it right. And the Godzilla is so bad because it takes up two thirds of the entire thing and it's in black. Yeah, right. so it's yeah. horrible. Like, don't. And that one for me is just Japanese designer. It's like stuck in an island. They, they didn't globalize. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's someone out there that says like, oh, but I still want to have that glimpse of the movement. I think if for I, you, I were yeah. the person, right? Well, like, take that one off. <laughs> Something I'll keep this for resale. <laughs> <while I'm laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Right. Um, any last topics you want to talk about? Where it is? Any like uh, thoughts on like new release, upcoming releases, and so on? Or what do you hope to see in the next? I mean, like for your favorite brands as well. Oh, wait, I thought of something immediately. The Omega uh, Speedmaster Chronoscope. It's a beautiful uh, piece. Uh, All right. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that? It's the forty-three millimeter yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. I am a fan of the old one. I just like the. The old one. The new one feels a bit too clinical. I like the idea that mm. they tried to do something like yeah. that. It feels clinical, but one thing that I think will peeve off all the new Speedmaster owners out there is that particular bracelet has got the a, claps. Has right. a clasp that can adjust. Yeah. Um, and they could have done that for ev- all the new speedies as well, but they did not. So so interesting that um people have really um find out the parts that they need. Yeah. You, I think you just get the end link yeah. of that and the claps yeah. and with the 3861 bracelet and you can put them together. Right. It's like, oh, that's the option, right? I say, Han, if you're watching this, yeah. hey, you know what to do, right? Maybe you should 
tell the AD to cancel your order or something and just like swap it around or just get another one. <laughs> no, you can't get it because I think it's a different size. Ah, right, right, right. You, you, you can order the claps separately. Right. And then you okay. can, yeah, you can. Right, Han, if you're listening yeah. out there, you've got something else to buy now. You can <laughs> Frankenstein the whole thing. Why is it 43 yeah, ml? Uh, uh, it's, it's an automatic movement. Oh, okay. It's okay. actually, so you, if you remember, the Speedmaster had always had a bigger range. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dark Side of the Moon, the racing yeah. and all of that. This is the next evolution of that, but they've taken a, a dull design from old and mm. put that there. I actually like the old one. I've, I've, I'm thinking about the old look mm. of chronographs. Mm. This one is f- feels a bit too clinically clean, especially if you see it in person. I have not, but I mm. suspect simply because I had hands on with a 3861 recently as a fire sandwich, right? I get the feeling it will be done really well, but there's too much of a modern feel to mm. it. Because it's vintage inspired, mm. because it's so modern executed, mm. there's a lot of clinical clinicality about the design that somehow that warmth disappears as a result. Um, mm. But it's a great idea. Mm. I have to give them credit for that. It's a great idea. Mm. Fair. Yeah, but I, I'm really looking forward to what um, Omega would do. I don't think there is uh, much release um, this year. I think Tudor went ham. Uh, Rolex quite a bit of song with all the um, the two-tone explorer and so on Omega we haven't seen much well technically uh. they did release their new speedy end of last mm. year right. and they're still riding right, on right, that right. Yeah. but yeah they could be new something big anyway. maybe yeah. right. so I mean if they consider that the, the, the year end release for all of those with the uh, speedy and the the uh, Seamaster 300 um, the new iteration of it then yes but I'm still expecting something. Uh, they're, they're due for something already, I think, mm. very soon. That's the next brand I will, I will look up for. Uh. Right. Yeah. I'm right. personally just curious to see how the hype brands behave in 2022. Because I think whatever they do does move the rest of the industry. Mm. So, mm. whatever, however quiet or however big Rolex goes in, mm. let's say the new releases, has a domino effect on the mm. market. Mm. Or whatever Patek chooses to do. Or with the Nautilus let's mm-hmm. say they officially they've already said they'll discontinue it but if they do something that reneges on that mm. that's also going to have an impact so I really am interested just to see what these folks do and at the same time how the House of Rolex balances out how they're moving to the art mm-hmm. so I'm just interested to see because these pieces will move the rest of the industry mm-hmm. um, not really thinking of any new model by any company at the moment mm-hmm. not for me yeah. okay yeah. Do you think that um, as things, um, how to say, progress better, like moving away from all this um, pandemic situation, mm. um, that things open up and so on, do you think, how do you think this plays into the watch market? Right, I mean, like shortage would presumably be less impacted, yeah. back on track, and so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's already showing signs of a bit of recovery. I think mm. people were actually still buying, especially the upper class were still buying watches even mm-hmm. in this pandemic less of the other brands the hype brands were still being bought overbought mm-hmm. so I reckon it's just going to be back a bit more back to a norm for a lot of the brands which would be good for the industry as a whole mm-hmm. um, but I think it'll take some time mm-hmm. well the big shows will be back next year anyway so I mm-hmm. think that would be a good sign for the industry for get people back in to see watches again uh, the big show as in like the uh, Basel World I think it's changed it's the Watches and Wonders I think mm. that's what the one that's going to be there's Basel World like even Rolex is out already right if I'm oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the it's whole bunch of it pull out yeah, I think yeah. the next big one is next year where I think it's Watches and Wonders to Geneva if I'm not mistaken mm. where everybody's just going to be there okay there's yeah. no separate Swatch route. I don't know what Swatch just yeah. a good point Swatch tends to want to do their own thing these days mm. but I think everyone else has bandied around mm. this one already so I think it'll be interesting okay. Okay. to me I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see how um, in terms of second hand I mean the, the the resale market price plays out once things are back to normal right at least that's how it plays out right either it's um, people would double down on it clearing out more of those stocks from Rolex and the price would just continue to maintain or go up or that's a bubble that we may see only time will tell mm. yeah we shall see yeah alright 
I think I think we're pretty okay. Yeah, we're done for today. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. So as you can see, we weren't planned and everything. So everything is pretty spontaneous and uh, and um, we hope to get um, Han and uh, team back in the next episode. Um, team has a watch. Oh, it's a very nice one, actually. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. We'll, we'll leave it for him to bring it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Han, I, I think aside from the 1709, I don't think he caught any. Mm. Um, but with his new job, congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, we hope the next purchase won't be too far away. Yeah. Right? So we'll, we'll be giving him suggestions. Yeah, <laughs> <all the way. laughs> yeah. so that's, that's so, what we do. So. <laughs> Alright, and uh, we just hope the next episode won't be too long. Um, yeah. One month max, I, I hope. Yeah. Right, you heard it from me I, I hope so mm-hmm. and um, we are in line to bring in more people as well as guests to, to mm-hmm. get you some new perspective on watch ownerships and watch collecting and I think that's all stay safe take care and we'll see you in the next one bye